0: It's always soccer in Philadelphia on a Wednesday afternoon in the Philadelphia suburbs or uh, wherever you may be in the Delaware Valley, Uh, soccer region, the Delaware Valley, Uh, the only team uh, to win a trophy this year, your Philadelphia Union, Uh, clearly outdoing uh, and out excelling the four for four uh, North American major sports in this region. Kevin Kincaid with you for one final time in 2020. I'm joined by my crossing broad colleague, Rush Joy. Hello, Russ. Hello, Kevin. A great
1: honor to be on this podcast, the only Philadelphia Union podcast following Coach of the Year, Jim Curtin. What a true honor it is.
0: Um, Is that anybody's particular at that accent? Is that Danny Higginbotham? I haven't
1: listened to Danny talk enough. I'll, I'll get there.
0: Okay. Can we, can we
1: please have a moment of silence now for Tommy Smith who is gone, but not forgotten. Yeah.
0: Let's pour one out for Tommy,
1: man. No, let's put one in the
0: onion bag. Put, let's put one, let's pour one into the old onion bag. Let's put one <laughs> final, final one into the onion bag for Tommy who, uh, uh, will not be returning next year. Danny Higginbotham will be the Philadelphia union's new color commentator. Like everybody knows how I felt about Tommy's commentary, but look, the guy has had, uh, a fantastic career, and he's had some great calls, uh, good union calls too. It just it was it was not my type of uh, of, of commentary. Obviously, I, th- I think that Danny Higginbotham can uh, can provide some more on the tactical side, the strategical side of the game, and maybe do some research on the opposition or whatever. I just feel like the change was necessary there, so that's going to be a a new thing for twenty twenty. A quick thought, Russell, on the uh the change in color commentator.
1: Uh, I think it's fine. I I was interested in the aftermath that um JP Delacamera, I think it was the day before the official announcement was made. Um it had been alluded to that it was going to be a move that, that was made. And he talked at length about the relationship that he and Tommy had going back a number of years. And so mm. um, you know, chemistry wise, you hope that the uh, bringing in a new color commentator isn't going to cause any kind of uh, bumps in the road on a positive note. We don't have like a, a Chris Wheeler, Harry Callis situation here. We have not heard murmurings of there being a, an, uh, an instance of infidelity that has led to uh, a chasm split between the two yeah. in the booth. But no, I think Danny Higemoth going to be interesting. And I think if, if nothing else uh, I know that you like to do your chopstick breakdowns of yeah. video mm-hmm. seeing that Danny has done that at the board it's not that I'm I'm pretty certain that the telecast isn't going to lean on that but it would be nice to see them put together a pre-packaged video of even a, a five minute split up over you know two different segments of the uh, either the pregame or halftime or something that shows what's being done either ahead of the game or mid-game just just to show people tactically what's being done and what's working, what's not. He has that experience. He's done that for NBC. Now at this point would be nice to see them kind of, you know, lean on some of that experience that he's got.
0: So today's show is going to be a season ender. It's going to be very straightforward. Uh, Russ uh, did the legwork. Actually, I thought it'd be a good idea. So back in February, We did uh, for our 100th episode, we did a special uh, like 100 questions that we're asking of the Philadelphia Union in 2020. I texted Russ early in the week. I said, you know, it'd be cool if we went back through that whole thing to see what we were right about. And see what we were wrong about. Of course, the pandemic threw the season totally upside down. So that was nothing, certainly uh, nothing that anybody would have predicted. Um, But Russ uh, went back and listened to that podcast at 2x speed and he wrote down all of our predictions for the year. We're going to go back over them and have a laugh and see how much we got right and see how much we got wrong. Mostly wrong, I think. Um, but before that we have some breaking news, uh, into the Philadelphia, uh, soccer and Philadelphia newsroom. Uh, there were rumors about Mark McKenzie going to Europe. Obviously we talked about Celtic a lot. We talked about, uh, Germany as a possibility. And, uh, there were reports in the Belgian newspapers that he would be going to gank KRC gank and Jonathan Tannenwald reported yesterday, Tuesday that that was a done deal and that Mark McKenzie is going to be going to Belgium. So, um, I would, uh, I would toss it to you, Russ, actually, for your, your, your first take on the, uh, on the Mark McKenzie uh, pending transfer.
1: We talked about this a couple of times, I think, on this show. I, I would have been uh, much more excited about a move to a team in the Bundesliga where not only could Mark have gotten um, a, a good opportunity at, at a solid amount of minutes, but there's also a path forward. Once you're already in the Bundesliga, I feel like it's easier for you to either move up in terms of a a team that's higher in the Bundesliga or it puts you on a, I think, a higher international um, uh, radar than where he's going to be going. Now, we talked in the past about Celtic, Celtic, whatever you want to call it, uh, about them being a Champions League team and, and that that gets a guy on the international radar as well. Um, I think you and I had both agreed that Germany would have been preferable to sending him to Austria. And we were cautious about the idea of him going to England, especially if it were going to be a bottom dwelling team that Mm -hmm. he could have gotten relegated. So I didn't like the move at first. Then I did a little bit of research into players that they have moved uh, from their club back to top European clubs. That gave me a little bit of hope. And then I saw the reported money. And that, to me, if you're looking at this from a, is this what's best for Mark McKenzie's career? Maybe not. But is this what's best for business for the Philadelphia Union and Ertz Tanner? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is.
0: Yeah, I I wrote a story about it yesterday for the site um, and felt, I wrote down a couple bullet points. I think it's a good move for him uh, because Gank is one of the better teams in Belgium, and that league is top-heavy, but it's not as top-heavy as the Scottish League, where you got two teams that are worth a shit and the rest aren't. So, you know, he'll get to play against Anderlecht and uh, Ghent and Liège, Standard Liège and uh, Brugge and, um, or Bruges or however the hell you say it. The guy on the Champions League show says it a certain way. I don't know if he's saying it the correct way. Club Bruges, Brugge, whatever, whatever the hell you say. Um, yeah, might get a sniffy Europa League, you know, playing with these guys. Um, you know, MLS players yeah, have done uh, relatively well in Belgium. Uh, Sasha Kleschen went over to Anderlecht and played a lot of games. Matt Ozga. Uh, Andy Nahar, Chris Durkin is over there right now. Um, So it's a good league, not too difficult. Uh, Gank is, you know, the more research I do about them, like I was familiar with some of their guys. Like I knew that um, like Kevin De Bruyne played there, right? And uh, Koulibaly, the the center back for Napoli. But uh, they have a bunch of dudes that they have. They're kind of like Ernie's Alkmaar or even like Salzburg in a way where they buy low and they sell high. I mean, they're buying dudes for like, they brought, uh, bought uh, Ndidi who went to Leicester City. They bought him for like $200,000 from some youth team and Nigeria Nigerian sold him for $19 million. Um, They bought this other guy from Valaranga for like $2 million and sold him to Sheffield for $26 million. Uh, Sander, what's his face? Uh, uh, Got him drawing a blank right now. Sander something or other. Um, but they have a track record of just taking these dudes and developing and selling them on. And they, they, have, they have dudes from like Mexico and Finland and Nigeria and Japan and Colombia. They're a very international kind of, kind of club. And I think that bodes well for Mark because if he goes there and plays well for a couple of years, you know, he could earn a transfer to, uh, to a bigger club within like two years. And he's only 23 years old, 24 years old. I mean, you think De Bruyne, Courtois, uh, Ruslan Malinovsky, who went to Atalanta, Didier Zocora started there, Christian Benteke. Um, you know, a bunch of dudes have a track record. That guy uh, Malinkovic Savage, who's a beast for Lazio, you know, he played, he started there actually. So there's potential there. I, I think it's good for him. Um, step up; it's not too hard. And the Union too, if they if they can get. Um, did was it re- reported anywhere? Confirmed anywhere? Did you see a sell-on fee? A confirmation about a sell-on fee? Or is it just a, a conf- rumor? It,
1: it wasn't a confirmation. I believe that it was. Um, was it Tom Bogart?
0: I think he put it out did yesterday. He, did he follow up on John's report with something? Because uh, I, I think that's probably so. the, me, the the play here because they're buying these guys for so cheap, but they're selling them for for so much over there that like you're looking at it if they have that in the in the clause, then there's they're gonna make a good profit off of that too. But I mean like regardless, you're probably gonna make what, like something like fifteen million dollars for Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie? Yeah, yeah it's you got um, Jack, you so, got Jack Elliott and Jacob Glassis right in line to to take their spots, you know. So, the Bogart report was
1: uh, the union will receive a fee in the region of $6 million plus a sell on percentage and, and add ons. There's no confirmation of what the sell on percentage is. but like, Okay, well,
0: we wouldn't know what that is anyway, but just the fact that there is, there is I mean, that's huge. So, then probably, you probably might have money from Salzburg and uh, Gank come, coming in two years from now, three years from now, yeah. which is huge. So, I like and it. And the wild thing is the, the upfront money that you get between
1: him and Aronson. That puts you well over ten million dollars up front, mm-hmm. with a cap. What's the the highest that can go? Closer to fifteen, I think. Yeah, because Jim the Jim, said,
0: Jim said on last podcast that it was he he confirmed there was like nine million from going to be like nine million for Brendan. You know, and if Marks is like six million plus wh- whatever down the road, then yeah, you're looking around like fifteen million. The nice thing is you have guys who can step in right away. They're going to go find a number ten. But you got Glessness, you got Elliot. You got guys in the pipeline at center back. You have Anthony Fontana at the number 10, too, as a backup. You have Paxton Aronson coming through the pipeline. So It's not like a couple years ago where if you got rid of these guys, you had absolutely nothing there, you know? So now you kind of have, like, a, you're churning a pipeline. Something's established there, you know? So it's not like these are one-and-done things, and then you're trying to reload and rebuild, you know? So um, I like it. Good for Mark. Now I'm going to get a, a gank jersey and a Salzburg jersey. I'm going to cut both of them in half, and then I'm going to stitch them together like uh, Brady Quinn's girlfriend at the um, citrus ball or the fiesta Bowl or whatever the fuck that was like 12 years ago. All right. But anyway, you know, is, you know what is wild though. Is that
1: that money yes. that they got between these two players is that uh, I think it was 2019, the entire uh, Philadelphia union salary matrix for the 2019 season was just over 8 million. So yeah. you think that like, now obviously things changed a little bit this past season, but like, even if that were, the case you're talking about moving two homegrown guys and paying for what amounts to being about two years worth of salaries for this club traditionally. And if you think about like how you fill those holes, we've said this before, but like the union have now done a good job of taking these homegrown guys, proving proof of concept. And if you're a prospect out there, if you're a young player, if you're the parent of a young player, if you're a coach of a young player, a young American player and you want them to have a a chance to get to MLS and then a fast line to Europe who better than the Philadelphia union Academy.
0: There you go. And that's like what I was saying to Jim on the last podcast. You know, it's like these, these big college football programs, like Clemson and Alabama, you know, they send a bunch of guys to the NFL, uh, perspective recruits see that and they say, Hey, I want to be part of that too. And then they go to Clemson, they go to Alabama, and just keep cycling through and through. So the union are, are on the path to doing that. I can't believe I'm talking about the same Philadelphia Union team that I covered for all those years. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's get to our exercise. And this is going to be pretty fun. So we went through back in February and we did uh, 100 questions for the Philadelphia Union. That was kind of a, uh, you know, a, a, a Pre- season preview of sorts, but it was also a special way to, to commemorate hundred episodes. So Russ, you went through and you made a Google doc here with every single question that we asked and he wrote down our answers. And now we're going to uh, compare them and see if we had any idea of what we were talking about. So do you want to read the questions and then we'll just, re- and then we'll both react to them. Do you want me to read them? How do you, how do you want to do this? It doesn't matter. We can, we can do whatever. Okay. So let's start question. Number one, we asked, will the union make the playoffs? We both said yes. And they did um so that was a pretty easy one actually uh we we asked will they win more than one playoff game i said yes they'll win one and then they'll play atlanta and lose and you said i think they will win a playoff game so we were wrong about that Um, yeah to give a little bit of context there i think that
1: um the way that you initially had it set up was it felt like the union were going to be in that like four or five matchup and then run into a team like atlanta at the top of the table. That was where we were at.
0: Well, I was wrong about Atlanta because they were terrible this year. Um, so you right, going along with that question. Number four, we said, what position will they finish in? I said they would finish fourth. You said they would finish second. So you were on it, man. You had uh what was that based on? Did you, were you just being optimistic or, or what? Yeah.
1: I, I started that episode saying I was going to make sure that I lived up to my last name. So I said that I was going to be joyful and I was going to, uh, to try to bring the positivity to the podcast, and I went overly optimistic, and uh, apparently not enough.
0: Yeah, right. We were both off. We were we were both off because they finished first and won the first trophy in franchise history. So we asked for a final record, and uh, yeah, last year they had 16 wins, um, 11 losses, and seven draws. And uh, obviously, it's it's weird because like with co- the COVID season, you know, it all got shortened. But I said they'd be 14, 12, and eight. You said 16, nine, and nine. Uh, the irony is that they won 14 games anyway. Yeah, <laughs> even even only playing the, you know, 14 plus night, even played 23, right? But then they had the wins in the in the MLS's back tournament too. So what? They had like 17, 17 wins or something this year. Yeah, it was bonkers. That's insane. I was so I was doing up. my
1: my fun math over here just to see what that would have worked out to. 16 wins, uh, if that had carried through, that would have been about 11 wins in this shortened
0: season. Hmm. Okay and then so mine would have been nine wins so we were both on the low side but you, you were closer. you hit you hit these a lot better than I did I was a little bit more down on them I thought they were going to be like middle of the pack and you had them pretty high. Um, okay so leading goal scorer I said it was going to be Cashper you said Santos and Cashper would tie but there would be no standout scorer um, and that was kind of true yeah I mean so Cashper finished with eight. Uh, Sergio finished with eight. You know, again, the thing that's bugging me here is that they don't put the MLS's back tournament stats in here either. <clears throat> so, yeah. God, I can't remember who. Sergio, I think, had two in that tournament. Casper, I think, only had one, one or two. But, yeah, Casper had eight goals. Sergio had eight goals. Anthony Fontana, third on the team with six goals. And Brendan Aronson Despite very limited playing time. Yeah. Anthony Fontana's goals per 90 minutes was 1.06, which is insane. You never, You, you never see – it's like Ronaldo at uh, Real Madrid numbers. Um, okay, so who scores the second most goals? I said Sergio Santos. You said Kasper. So we were both kind of right with that one. We they were about yeah. yeah, same amount. The leading assist provider, um, we both said Jamiro, and we got that wrong because uh, Brendan was number one with seven. Although Jamiro did have six. Jamiro had six assists um he was second tied with Cashper, actually believe it or not so um any surprises there were you surprised that brendan had seven assists
1: yeah i mean there was a caveat in this and it goes along with the next question of who provides the second most assists and you said el Senio, and i said dark horse kai wagner and then yeah. at the end i i actually i i believe that i started by saying i thought wagner was going to lead the team in assists and then i like kind of hedged and said jamiro but <laughs> yeah um I think that if the season had played out a little bit longer, I think that Wagner would have gotten himself into that conversation. It was just, you know, he started the season with the calf issue. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he ever really looked all that comfortable this year. I think that there were certain moments where he did. I just don't know if he ever physically looked – the same as he did in the the 2019 season.
0: Yeah, so you look, he played. I'm looking at it right now. He played 1,186 minutes and he had two assists. You know, he only played 14 games, so it's like 66 percent of it, right? So you know, if he played, if you extrapolate that, he probably would have had at least four, maybe five assists if he had played a full season. So four or five would have put him right up there with. Oh, geez, Andrew Vooten had four. Wow, and Elsino <laughs> only had three. <laughs> so he would have been if you extrapolate that, Wagner probably would have been like fifth or sixth on the team. I would have been like right there tied with Vooten or, or, or fourth, right behind Shabelka with, uh, with six.
1: Isn't it Um, funny though? It almost speaks to, to Jim's subbing patterns that Fontana finished with six goals, which was what second on the team or or third, if you want to count the top two as a tie and that Vooten, despite having very limited playing time was as high up on the list in assists as he was (laughs) impactful substitutions, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So the next one, I was looking for card stats. Okay. So I, you, most yellow cards, I said Bedoya. Most red cards, I said uh, Wagner. For most yellows, you said Bedoya, and then you laughed as you were saying that you thought Aurelian and Colin would have the most um, red cards. But I'm looking for uh, God. I'm trying to find card stats here. They don't. Bedoya they don't... did.
1: Ha- Bedoya finished with the most.
0: He I did. I pulled
1: this. Yeah, I pulled the stat a couple of days ago, but I couldn't find red cards. That's
0: that's where this went sideways. Okay, I um, found it here. It's under the foul. They put it under the fouls uh, category on the site. So, uh, okay, let me try to f- find it on the... Uh, but Yeah, Bedoya had nine. Yeah. El Brujo had seven.
1: Jamiro yeah. had six. Fontana and Embaizo both had four. The problem is that... They didn't, have, that, a, they didn't cor- have a single red card this year? So correct me if I'm wrong. I thought that Brujo had a red, but was that at the MLS is back tournament? I swore he had a
0: red. God, it might be. This is what screwed me up. I hate the fact that they didn't include that in the statistics here. I know he missed a game because of something. It wasn't yellow accumulation, though, was it? I don't know if it was. Uh, That's a good point. That might have been. Why don't you read the next stat, and I'll type type brujo red into the Twitter bar here. Okay.
1: Uh, (laughs) The Twitter. Uh, Biggest surprise you said was going to be El Brujo. And I said Wagner leading the team in assists. The biggest disappointment you said was going to be a Orevitz, and oh, yeah, I said Casper. And and I said that Casper not leading in goals would be
0: the biggest surprise. Yeah, Orevitz. Not. I mean, that's that was crazy. I mean, because he featured a lot in this. I, I see his name a lot in here. Yeah, biggest disappointment. You were so high on Orvets. him in this podcast. If people go back and listen,
1: you were oh, like, my God, you were buying the stock big time, and and it was interesting because going back and listening to where we were about Martinez was like a totally different thing because the union had, had been so forthright, or at least it seemed like it, that they didn't think that people should get their hopes up to see much of Martinez. And I think you had even said, uh, towards like three quarters of the way through the show yeah, that he was probably going to factor in, but it was, it remained to be seen what we would see from Brujo. But yeah, it, it, it was, uh, if there is one thing I think that stood out from that show, without like spoiling any of the other stuff that's about to come up, I think it's just how far off the projection of of uh, what was it, Oravetz? Yeah, or Oravetz. I never even bothered to learn how to say the guy's name.
0: Yeah, of or, or vets Yeah, he. So so Brujo had a red card in the uh, in the MLS's back tournament. It was the nailed it. God, what was it? It was the Miami game, right? No, the New York game.
1: Why is it not listed? Too, on wasn't here? it?
0: Well, because I'm looking at the union's. Well, I was looking on Twitter here, and it said he's back from his red card suspension for the New England game. But I'm looking at the Orlando City game here. I don't see him listed with a red. So, what the hell is going on here? Is this incorrect? I don't know. I thought he got. I thought in the Orlando City game, I thought there was a red card there somewhere, but. Uh, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Um, either way, whatever they they were they were good with that. They stayed on the field and they they had a lot of good luck this year and didn't um, you know didn't shoot themselves in the foot a lot. Okay, so over under goals scored. Uh, I said under. I said over under goals conceded under. What was our number there? Do you know what we were? Then we were working off the number they had last year.
1: Oh, by the way, sorry. I, I just found where uh, where the suspension came from. It was the sixteenth. July sixteenth. Who did the Union play?
0: Oh, oh let me go back. July sixteenth. They didn't even play on okay. July sixteenth. They played Miami on the fourteenth. In the group so then, stage. So that must have been. So that must have been it. It
1: okay. was. This was a tweet from two days later. So that must
0: have been it. Okay. All right. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. MLS is back. Um, what did we set the over? Okay. So we set the over under on road wins at five, um, and I said over, and you said over. Over under on home wins. We said at nine. Over and over. I mean, they smashed you know both both of those right yep. um and even if you extrapolate it, they would have smashed it anyway yeah so go figure um we said okay so who plays the most minutes i said elliot and gaddis you said bedoya and Aronson. so the minutes leaders were mark mckenzie with 1,980 shibilko with 1,974 Montero, Aronson, Bedoya, Glessis. The Gaddis thing got derailed because he was injured. Yeah. And Elliott lost his job to Glessis. And McKenzie had a breakout year. So so does that mean I win? Yeah. You won win that, that one? one? Yeah. Bedoya and Aronson. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, because Aronson was fourth and Bedoya was fifth. So you won that one. You win nothing. Uh, who plays the least. Least? <laughs> who plays but the least? Jason! <laughs> Least minutes, um, I said Michi Galina and Olivier Ambizo I was I was right about Galina, but not about Embiazo because he had to step in for Gaddis. You just, you just said less Ilsenio. What does that mean, less Ilsenio?
1: So in the context of what we were saying, I was I I didn't actually give a projection. I just said that I thought that the thing that was going to be the most surprising in terms of of um, playing the fewest minutes was that Ilsenio would be the guy of the ones that we would expect to see play mm-hmm. play the fewest minutes, and oh, he I actually. See and and now granted we knew that when he came into games it was going to be a substitute so maybe that's hedging a little bit but the only players of note who played fewer minutes than him uh were like matt Real, who played in seven fewer games uh, uh fontana fontana played in what 114 fewer minutes Creval we knew wouldn't play much Corey burke we knew wouldn't play much that was really it um vooten had 447 minutes which was ahead of Creval, but like yeah, the idea was that Elsino of all the big-name guys, would play the
0: fewest minutes, that we'd see the biggest drop-off there. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, we said, will the union have an all-star game representative? I said, yes, it would be Jamiro. You said, yes, it would be Blake and Elliott. And so we didn't even have an all-star game. Uh, but instead, they <laughs> finished with three guys in the, in the team of the year. So yep. uh, go figure. I think we all agreed that uh, Mark McKenzie and Blake deserved it. I said that Brendan Aronson didn't deserve it. I thought we got the benefit of the doubt being that he was young and exciting, uh, you know, guy about to be transferred. Um, <laughs> here's a fun one. Uh, how many points from the first two games at Dallas and LAFC? I said zero. You said one, you said they get a point in LA and you got that right. You must've known something this was really, up here.
1: I should have put some money on uh
0: on my picks.
1: I'm never going <laughs> to do
0: this well have. ever again. Like this is a, <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, stuff. Um, who starts the season at center back? I said McKenzie and elliot You said McKenzie and elliot Um, that was correct, right? Because Gless, or did Glessness start the first game? Glessness started the first one because that was the Howitzer, wasn't it? No, that was LAFC in Dallas. Did he start the Dallas oh, game? That's
1: right. We oh, can look that I up. Don't know. Um, a who, good job by us. Crack research
0: team. Yeah, yeah. Who ends the season at center back? We both said Glessis and Elliott, but it was Glessis and McKenzie, so go figure. Um, we said, who starts the season at number six uh, at, the, at the six? Um, you said, hopefully not Carval, which is exactly what happened. He started in the, <laughs> the Dallas game, and then Brujo came in for the uh, L.A. game. He was all over the field, and we thought he was going to get a red card. Um, <clears throat> does Ray Gattis finish the season at right back? We both said yes, and that was the case. Uh, does Ray score his first MLS goal this year? <laughs> you said, I hope not. <laughs> because was, you didn't... <laughs> Why didn't you want to see him score? So this all came
1: back to um, not wanting it. I, I said a few times, I didn't want Ray Gaddis to be Rudy. And I said that, you know, <laughs> what was going to end up happening was he was going to score and it was just going to be this like moral victory. People were going to be over the top. And I almost felt like, you in, in a sense, it was going to almost be like bullying. Um, so I didn't want to see it happen, but then I think I later kind of agreed with you that like, it, it'd be a feel good moment for him if it happened, but it wasn't gonna be worth all the fanfare.
0: (laughs) We said number 29, how much will the union miss Harris Madunian? And I said big time initially, and then they'll figure it out from there, which I I think was pretty close to being true. And you said, it'll be okay without him to start. They might miss him connecting the dots for two to three games. Right. I think we both kind of had that. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a little iffy, and then Martinez found his groove, and they got into it from there for sure. Um, <laughs> here's a good one. Can Mate or events pass the ball anywhere close to Madunian's level? We both said no. Or you said no response. I said no, but that'll be N.A. because you didn't get to see him fucking play, so nobody else. Does. does Warren Carval pass the ball well enough to, be, uh, to start at the six? I said no. Um, you said no response, so we were right about that one. Uh, number 32, is Jose Martinez ready to start, or does he have a growth year similar to Sergio? I said that he's closer to starting quality than they make it seem. Uh, you said, hopefully, he's better than they make him seem. Um, yes, yeah, so we were right about that. I mean, I he came in. Yeah, it was weird because there was, wasn't a lot of fanfare when he came in. It seemed like they were kind of underselling it. Remember? like Ernst it was came Friday said, news like, dump, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Ernst said, like, you know, don't, let's not go overboard with this or something like that. And he ended up being really good. Uh, which homegrown player takes the biggest leap? I said, I hope it's Fontana. You said Fontana. And of course Mackenzie and Aronson both got transferred. But Fontana had an awesome year. So Fontana we were kind of transferred. We were kind of vindicated in a way, right? I mean, you know, somebody said to me the other day that they thought that they weren't sure why Fontana didn't play much in the playoff game. You know? Didn't really talk about that, but that was probably a big um misnomer or error maybe on Jim's part, not getting him in there earlier. Um That's a stupid question. I'm not even going to say that. Um, That's a stupid question too, so I'm not going to answer that. Oh man, come on. Okay. You can read it. I'm going to Google something real quick. You read 34 and 35. All right. Well, you know, on that podcast, we only actually read
1: 99 because you didn't read the one about who would start at the 10 to start the season. So we never got to do that one. But this one, yeah. Question 33 was, does Brendan Aronson do a better job absorbing contact and staying on his feet this season? We both said yes. We were right. Mm -hmm. Have we put too much on his shoulders at a young age? We both said yes. He ended up living up to it though and exceeding those expectations. Um, the next one was, have we put, uh, sorry, will Alejandro Bedoya contribute more goals and assists with more of a license to get forward? And you pointed out that the
0: prior year he had four goals and four assists. Yeah. I said five goals and six assists. He had three goals and three assists. Um, yeah. He wasn't like bombing forward, uh, you know, like, without abandon. You know, he was still, you know, sort of protecting the number six and being, being, you know, playing the shape and being smart. Um, You said he would have more of a defensive role. So you were were probably right, probably right about that one. Although I said 5G, 6A, that would have extrapolated to – yeah, he probably would have been close to 5 and and 6 if they played a full season. It probably would have been like five goals and five assists. Uh, Will the Union add a third DP? We both said no, and we were correct about that. Uh, will they make another early season signing like Jamira Montero? I said, I think they will. And I was wrong. Um, you didn't have a response for that. You had a couple on here with no response. Um, That's
1: typically sp- when I, yeah, when I read the question, I would throw oh. it to
0: you. Oh, and well, I just, and just then answered then I, it. I, I but, didn't. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I didn't offer my thoughts. I also got very long winded. I know this is surprising.
0: Uh, will Tommy Smith incorrectly pronounce a name? You said, of course he will, at least three union players. And I said, he'll say Saad Abdul Salami. So I want to remind everybody just how good this was from a few years ago. You got to watch out for Abdul Salami. uh, Uh, Why did the TV, question number 40, why did the TV rights announcement take so long? Um, we, none of us responded. We didn't respond to that. We we talked about it, but we didn't really address it as why it took so long. It was more of a,
1: a conversation that we had about um the fact that it did take so long and what a coup it was for McDermott to get the streaming deal worked out as well. And then right. that led us into the question about um, would we have been fine with there being a strictly streaming deal and no mm. TV, which we both said... You know, either going the ESPN plus route, I believe, was what your answer was, and yeah. I said I wouldn't mind it because it, it's so hard to get
0: PHL 17 if you cut the cord. We said, uh, number 43, why was the offseason hype lacking? I said there was bad timing of, like, signing announcements. You mentioned the Friday news dump they did for uh, Brujo. Um, you said the Jay Ajayi got smoked in FIFA, and that uh, put a damper on the on excitement surrounding the season. It was, it was bad. Yeah, you Remember that? Yeah. He, he went totally defeated. Yeah, that point. Well, it was interesting too. I, yeah, I mean, they just kind of—it was kind of a dull off season. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really make a massive sign. I, you know, it wasn't a big number ten or strike or anything. That was just kind of a whatever um, kind of off season, some homegrown stuff. Um, Will senior's production drop off and remain steady? You said it would be the same. He had three goals and three assists. He only played six hundred twenty-three minutes. So, let me see. Let me go back to last year, 2019. Last year, Elsino had. He had 1,000 minutes. 1,000 minutes and a thousand five six, goals and eight, eight 60 assists. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, these extrapolations. We need an intern here with a calculator to, to find the difference between the number of games played. But it's kind of the same. I mean, it's kind of the same dude. People kind of figured him out. All right. So, uh, questions 47, 48, 49, 50. Will the Union miss Fafa Pico? We both said no. Will the Union miss Marco Fabian? We both said no. Will the Union miss Corey Burke? We both said no. Now, that was an interesting one because came back and scored some goals for him. But I don't think they – I think anybody could have come back in and kind of given him a little bit more than Cashper did this year. So, did the Union miss Corey Burke through the first 15 games? Say that again? Did the Union miss Corey Burke through the first part of the season? I didn't think so. I I will
1: say, I I, I will go back and say, though, on the show, I I did say that I didn't think there was really a place for him on the the team when he ended up coming back, and he scored a couple of big goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stretch of the season. So, question number 51 was which position concerns you most heading into the year? I said right fullback. Um, But you know what? I mean, even Ray was steady when he was in there, and Baizo was steady when he was in there, too. Um, The biggest position of concern this year was. I don't know. I, I may, Maybe striker. Maybe they could have got more out of their strikers. I'm not really sure. Uh, there wasn't really a weak link at all. I, I, you always think you could get more out of that of Ray, but uh, I don't know. I think they're pretty steady all over. Uh, number 52, will Matt Real take a step forward? I said not at left back, but I'd like to see him play in the midfield. Uh, Matt Real only played. Well, he played 622 minutes this year. Yeah, he got some starts in there, so he didn't have a bad year. I still think like he's due for a breakout. Um, does Olivier Ambizo get any meaningful first-team minutes? I said no, I was wrong. Does Michi Galena get any meaningful first-team minutes? I said no, not unless there's an injury, so we were right about that. Uh, do uh, Cole Turner or Jack DeVries make an impact this season? I said I think they'll get some minutes. I was pretty much wrong about that. The player most likely to be sold to Europe, I said, Wagner. I was wrong. You had no response. So it was Brandon Aronson and Mark McKenzie. Why did we say, why did I say Wagner? Did I think he was older and closer? Was our thought that we just like thought that McKenzie and Aronson needed another year? We never, I don't think we
1: even broached the topic of Aronson and McKenzie. I think it was hmm. uh, that Wagner had been a guy who talked about uh, an end goal of getting back to Europe. And I think that was a big part of it right, and that he had, right. he had such a standout season the, the year before we expected the same thing to happen in the upcoming season so that he seemed like the guy who was most poised hmm. and had his eyes on that prize.
0: Question number 57 was, is the four four two 2 diamond still the best shape for this team? I said, yes. And uh, I think we, would you, would you still agree with that? I mean, they still played 4 at times. It was very similar to the year prior where they flexed into the 4 2 when they had to. But you know, primarily they were still a diamond team, and I, I think that's probably still when they were at their best. That's that's something where if I was still on the beat, I think I would go back and try to look at the games, look at the look at the stats they had in in each shape, and try to divide it up from there. But I still think they were like a better diamond team. Um, I just
1: think that the fact that they've been flexible, the fact that they rolled both of the formations you rolled out, the fact that they also gave the three five two a look, the fact that they also gave Jack Elliott a look. Um, playing in defensive midfield at, at different points uh, down the stretch of the season, I think just having tactical flexibility instead of that rigid needs to be a four two three one mm-hmm. um, I think just overall having the flexibility is better than what they what they what we 'd had grown accustomed to seeing them be un unwilling or unable to to work out of wasn 't it ernie Stewart who mentioned at some point uh way back when that it's hard to learn new formations for these oh, guys.
0: Yeah. 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 That was infuriating. Yeah. Cause I asked him that question. I was like, well, I mean, these guys are like professionals dudes who played in the world cup and stuff like that. Like surely they, if you know, uh, South Phil United in the Casa league can play two different formations and try the Philadelphia Union can figure it out. Right. And he's like, well, you know, it's hard for young players. I was like, what, what is that? What are, what are we talking about here? But, uh, yeah, no, they, they bled it. That was question number 58. Will we continue to see the 4-2-3-1 at times? Yeah, as long as Jim is the coach of this team, for sure. Um, will the Union start in a 3-5-2? Question 59 or save that for the end-of-game situations? It was mostly end-of-game, right? I don't think they started in a 3-5-2 at all this year, right? Why was that a topic? Did Jim, didn't Jim did Jim have a quote at the beginning of the year saying, like, well, we might experiment with three center backs or something like that or or something different? But well, you were just excited. You were excited about the possibility
1: of having three center backs. Did you did you see your quote here? It might have just bled into my
0: uh the one that you're highlighting right now. The no no no, it's uh this one. End of game, but I'd love to see them come out with three center backs. I would have the biggest union boner. <laughs> End of end of game, but I'd love to see them come out with three center backs. I'd have the biggest union boner in Philadelphia. Yeah, well, look, I love. We we're really uh, high on tradition. this. Yeah, uh, someday, someday we'll see three center backs. I hope you know if God wills it, we'll see it. <laughs> um, number sixty. Should the team have a designated penalty taker? I said that I always like having your top striker be the penalty taker. You said that they should sign Roland Alberg just to take penalties. Yep, and then he'll fight with CJ Sapong about it.
1: It would have been a pretty prescient uh idea too, if you think about it, because with the uh expanded benches and substitutions, Roland Alberg as your uh penalty taker could have been um kind of like the year that the Eagles signed Tim Tebow and tried to get the uh the two uh or the two point conversion move to the one yard line. They're playing seventeen <laughs> dimensional chess. That's what Roland yeah. Alberg as your designated That's penalty. True. Bring him in, take him out.
0: There you go. I like it. They're looking for value in the margins. Um Very analytical approach, trying to find uh, Mm -hmm. competitive um, advantages there. Uh, 61, do we like the new Artisano logo? I just made a fart noise. Um, You said yes, because it looks like Comic Sans and the old Real Madrid jersey. It'll be nice not to have bimbo. Bimbo? I agree with that. It was nice not to see bimbo all the time. Artisano is kind of like, it's like, okay, you're wearing a bread logo, but... um, which felt small beans to me, but I know it was just a brand within a brand. So I got it, but I still feel like the Jersey sponsor is letting them down in a way. I mean, there's still these like four for four dumbos, you know, mouth breathers who don't really get it and still say bimbo, whatever. So I, I feel like they could help themselves in that department, but whatever. Uh, do we like the black Adidas kits? That was question 62. I think they, I said, I think they look sharp, but I'm colorblind. Um, you said they were a step in the right direction, but they were afraid to go all in. What do you mean they wouldn't go all in? We uh, talked about the fact that the uh,
1: the snake that was on the on the kit didn't um, stand out maybe as much as we'd expected. We oh, also okay. talked about the fact that the um, the logo itself didn't color coordinate. We talked about how that should have been a a blended beambo yeah. uh, logo, I believe, to to match the color profile and not just be the uh, dare I say obnoxious white and uh, red, red and blue.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bimbo. The jersey. clash. The clash. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, number 63. We both got this right. We said, does Andre Blake have a bounce back here? I said, yes. You said, yes, he'll be an all-star. So mm-hmm. you were right. You were really, you were, uh, you nailed it on their placement and uh, Andre Blake. Let we did a series of over unders here. 64 over under Shabilko goals. 15 last year. We both said under. And yes, he would have been under if we extrapolated eight goals, he would not have reached 16. So we both hit the under on that over under Sergio Santos goals. He had four last year. I said over seven to nine and you said over as well. So we both hit that. We hit the under on Shubilka. We hit the over on Santos over under. This is probably my worst take of all time. I'm kind of ashamed. I'm kind of ashamed about this one. Over under Andrew Vooten goals, zero last year. Uh, You said set it at three. I said set it at seven. Now, uh, I said over seven. So I said Vooten would have eight goals. He had zero. You said it was a push. He would have seven goals, and he had zero. So, I mean, I can't feel too bad about that. We were all wrong about Andrew Vooten, weren't we?
1: It's just like that was a total mess. That might be the worst signing they've had
0: in two seasons. Just crazy, man. I just don't get it. He just looked passive. Looked like he didn't fit. Looked like he wasn't Ever. like sure where he was supposed to be. I don't know. Was he was Al like, Horford. Al Horford. Andrew Vooten is Al Horford. Let's add that to the list of amazing comparisons we've made on this podcast. So Ray Gaddis <laughs> is Cesar Hernandez. Yes. And Andrew Vooten is Al Horford. We've also compared Ray Gaddis to Ben Simmons. So... um <laughs> We've been all over the all over the, the spot with those oh, um, over under Ray Gaddis starts. We set it at thirty one, and we both said the over, but he was injured, so it would have hit the under uh, upon extrapolation. I think that's the word Help. of the podcast today. Extrapolation is the word of the day. Um, How many did he end up getting to? Um, he started twelve games. Ray did. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. He would have needed. Yeah, he would have needed
0: twenty. So he would have got, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, la, la, la. Over under Anthony Fontana minutes. We set it at 10. Why did we set it at 10? Did he only play? Like, it was a joke.
1: Yeah, oh. it, was, it was a joke.
0: We were like. Because <laughs> he barely played last year. Yeah, I got and to set, set the over under for that
1: one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just didn't know if he would actually get to play or not. I liked your answer. I obviously said over, but you, uh,
0: you went next level on this one. I said over or I'll resign and I'll give the podcast to Zeitlin. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully he played more, but I mean, it makes, I mean, I think the real question going forward is, <clears throat> you know, and I asked Jim about this on the, on the last show that we did, um, which I got a lot of good feedback on, by the way. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody for listening. Um, you know, it, it's like you search for a 10, but is Fontana had a lot of success in that role last year. I mean, can't you just shoe him right in there? Anthony Fontana, Paxton Aronson, if that's your one-two at the number 10 position next year, is that satisf- satisfactory? I mean, I, I guess, but yeah, I don't see why not. Um, Over-under on Jamiro assists, he had nine last year, and we set it at eight. I took the over at 10, and I was wrong. So he only had six or five or whatever it was. You had no response to that. Um, we said question 70, should Jamiro have license to shoot from distance? I said no, you said hell no. No chance on God's green earth. Yeah, and that's an interesting one, too, because Jamiro, at the time, you know, he was like, he had this tendency last year to kind of like uncork these shots from outside the box and stuff like that that were kind of tame. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't put a lot of drive, a lot of power on the ball. So we were like, well, we'd rather kind of have him be a passer in that situation instead of shooting. So I guess we were right on that one. Question number 71. We set the over under on Jose Martinez minutes at 900. I said over. I said he'd play 1,000 minutes. Uh, You said that would be nice if he played 1,000 minutes. And blah, 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 blah. He played 1,148 in a shorter season. I guess we set the number at that because we thought Orvets was going to be a dude, right? Yeah. So go figure. Um, We said, question number 72, will more people refer to him as Martinez or Brujo? I said Martinez, you said Brujo.
1: Yeah, and I posed a bonus question. Mm -hmm. How many people would argue about the meaning of Brujo being wizard, sorcerer, shaman, or warlock? You told me shaman was not an acceptable answer. Mm. I smacked you down with Spanish knowledge. Um, I don't really think we got to a point where there,
0: were, there was all that much uh, arguing about the meaning of brujo. Okay, so give me the clarification again, Mr. Uh, ling- linguistics Master here. Brujo, in your expert uh, Spanish that you learned in uh, Pottsville, uh, brujo means what? Brujo can mean all of the aforementioned words, my friend. It can be a wizard, it can be a warlock,
1: it can be a sorcerer, it can be a shaman. It depends on the region, it depends on the dialect, and it depends on the context. So, yes, it can be used in all of those different ways.
0: Excellent. And for the differences on all those things, I'll have to pull out my uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, handbook from when I was seven years old. Um, Okay, over under Aurelian Collins starts. We set it at three. I said under he would start two games. You had a push that he would start three. Did he play a single game this year? Aurelian Collins. Let me scroll down. Didn't he
1: factor – wasn't he in one of the MLS's back games –
0: he may have. So he played zero games and zero minutes in the regular season. That's logged here. Jeez, um, you know what? This is a pain in the ass. I, I I don't know why there's no stats for the. You know, I can do this. I can do twenty twenty. MLS is back. So I I I do have the tournament, um, the tournament
1: stats themselves. Okay. Yeah, like I have the, the games, I'd have to go back in and see if I can find any kind of a box score though.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I you know, I, know. Well, I, see, I seem to remember that Jim just kind of like started his, like there wasn't a lot of squad rotation because they were trying to win, you know. Now, in the Orlando game, let me see if he played against Orlando City because that was the last game, the one one. No, that was Elliot McKenzie, Elliot McKenzie. So, Aurelian Collin didn't play at all, did not play at all to go figure they had a great center back rotation of three dudes you know Uh, oh my god this is terrible let's just delete this one uh question 74 over under mate or starts we set it at 22 we set it at 22 and i took the over at 23 you had no response because i read it i would have obviously said under i would have said zero yeah right right all right yeah (laughs) Number 75, Kai Wagner assists. He had eight last year. We set the number at seven. I said over an eight, and you said over two because you thought he would lead the team in assists. Mm-hmm. So we were both wrong on that one. Uh, question number 76 was, what the hell is up with Kai's calf? I said, I don't know, but I'm concerned, and you didn't have a response. Well, that was the irony, too, of the COVID, right, because they got the break for him to get back and be healthy. You know, Because if they had kept playing through those three months, how many games would he have missed? you know, he could have missed like 10 games. So that was one of those quirky things was like with Ben Simmons and his injury too, where it's like, well, okay, you know, these guys got time to be healthy before we come back and we're in the bubble. So that was kind of an interesting little storyline there. I think people forgot about that. Um, Oh, this one's depressing. I get sad just, just reading this one over under on, over under on how many beers I drink at the Larimer this year. We set the total at 32. Um, I said, it's a push. I said, I would drink 32 beers at the Larimer. Um, You said over, you hope it's the over for me. Um, I think I only drank six beers at the Larimer this year because we went down twice. Me and Sarah went down twice before the uh, shutdown happened. And I drank like three beers at each visit. So I wanted to drink 32. Still, I still want to drink 32. Um, Question number 78. What is the next business that should come to the Chester waterfront? I said sheets as a joke because i i fucking hate sheets i'm i am i am so sick of people like you and john fetterman like always being up our ass about sheets every time somebody says sheet, every time a philadelphia media member mentions sheets it's either you or john fetterman comes crawling out of the woodwork and you have to say something snarky like if wawa gets the drive through, you and john fetterman are both like well i remember when sheets first through opened in like 1979 we've had this the entire time <laughs>
1: Listen, I don't know why this is, like, such a big deal for you, but, like, again, just to reiterate the point, Wawa's quality has dipped. Sheets' quality, even though I don't get to eat it as much, has also probably dipped. Most fast food has somewhat dipped. But, Kevin, if we're, if we're being honest, and I know that you think it's just the trendy thing to say, what's, like, the number one thing when, when the Wawa quality comes up? Somebody says, I remember when their deli was so good that you used to be able to buy their deli stuff at the yeah. counter. Yeah. Now I don't know, do you do you remember how long ago that was? I moved to the area like seven years ago. I have no, no. recollection of being able to buy deli meats at the counter. So I don't is this I, like a decade ago? Is this longer ago? Because people talk about it like it was five years ago and, and I can hashtag confirm that was not the case. No, it like, it, it, it has did it to go, have, go
0: sideways. It has to have been like eight or nine or ten, eight to ten years ago, I want to say. I don't remember. Yeah. Cause it's been, cause I moved back to the region in 2009 and I remember you could do it then, but like it was very short lived at that point. So I think they got rid of it around like 2010 or 2011 could be wrong, but yeah, look, I mean, like I get it. I, I don't, I don't think that Wawa is what it used to be, but I think that you got this like trendy pile on where it was like, well, Wawa is a joke and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it sucks. And blah. It did not suck. I mean, it's not what it used to be, but I think people were just like, it was just trendy, you know. It's like the contrarian thing to say that Wawa blows or whatever. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, over under, how many games Russ actually covers this year? We set it at two. Um, you said easily over two. So, did you? How many games did you get down there for when they came back? What? Um,
1: I think I covered one to start the season, and then the break happened. I believe I only had the chance to cover.
0: Well, you couldn't have because they I started the season, they, they played the two on the road, right?
1: Yeah, I have Dallas two that are, are then it must have been two or three
0: because I had the red passes upstairs. Um, I know you were down there like twice. I think it's a push. I think you were down there twice. Yeah,
1: I mean, I was definitely there when they clinched. I was definitely there another game. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think, well, let's go with a push. Okay. I think that's a push. Yeah. We can ask, we can get Philadelphia union PR to confirm Uh, question number 80. Will you be coming to the always soccer in Philadelphia union soccer podcast, joint live podcast on March 14th? Uh, That ultimately was canceled. We were going to do it uh, because we didn't know really what COVID was back then. And we were like, well, it's not really that big of a deal yet. Yeah. Cause the Rudy Gobert thing happened two days prior. Um, and then the next day came out and we were like, well, should we still do this? And we were going to do it because we didn't know how seri- serious it was. And then we decided to cancel at the last minute. So, you to know, try to reschedule for next year. We want to do that again. Um, so maybe the season opener, we'll all get the vaccine and we'll go down there and get shitty. Um, question number 81, will Kevin put in another slide tackle at the media game? I said, God willing. And your answer was yes. Oh, we didn't have a media game. Were you disappointed that we didn't have a media game?
1: Yeah, I really was. I was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it last year and I was looking forward to, uh, to seeing how it would play out. And we, uh, we were deprived of that. We were robbed of that opportunity. Uh, thanks COVID.
0: Yeah. The oppor- we were deprived of the opportunity to watch NBC sports photo uh, NBC's news director tear his Achilles again. I don't know if I've told that story on the podcast. They were doing a passing drill and uh, Anzio Williams, who was the news director at NBC came down to participate in the media game. And he tore his Achilles during a warm-up drill. So, um, so that was strange. But anyway, uh, question number 82 was a reader question. Did you think the podcast would make it to a hundred episodes when you started? I said, yes. I don't know why I felt that way. I just felt like if it was any less than that, it probably would have been a failure. You know what I mean? Like 100 was a good round number. We made it to 121 or something. So we did uh, 120. Yeah, we did like almost uh, 25, 26 episodes this year. So like two a month. That's not bad. Uh, number 83, will you be going to the NBC Premier League Fan Fest in April? I <laughs> said I would try to get down there, but yeah, that got canceled too. Remember that thing? They were going to have the big uh, like college game day for um, Euro snobs in Philadelphia. So that didn't happen. Yep. Bummer. Uh, number 84, if you come to the sa- stadium to see a superstar on the other team, should you be banned for life? Uh, you said no. Uh, we should welcome those people because you're boosting local business. I said yes. Once again, um, how,
1: how, uh, how smart was that? Boosting small business. Now more than ever in these unprecedented times.
0: <laughs> yeah. What
1: a, what you had absolute. a lot of,
0: there was a lot of foresight from you in yep. this uh, in this exercise now that I'm looking at Because you always like to do an exercise on the podcast. Uh, question number 85, could you beat Jay Ajayi in FIFA? I said it's been a while, but, but I'd give him a run for his money, and you said that you would smoke him. I think I did the story. It got so bad that I did the story for Crossing Broad. I think, what, what was his gold differential, like minus 125 or something like that? Yeah, it was horrific. It was,
1: <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen something as bad
0: as that. <laughs> <laughs> question number 86 do you give a shit about emls we both said no uh question 87 do we like the name subaru park uh, i said yes you said yes but you wish subaru had sponsored the kit yep now would that have been overkill if the kit sponsor and the stadium sponsor the same person person. Same no entity? that was
1: that was with the the understanding that the stadium would have gotten a different sponsor
0: but that Subaru would have preferred to sponsor the kit. Oh, sponsor the kit, and then we keep yeah. talent or something else. I see. Uh, question eighty-eight. Will the parking lots ever be paved? We both had no response. Were we laughing? What was that all about?
1: We never actually brought it up. We talked about. We transitioned into the um, the question of if they had the best uh, uh, stadium experience. We never got to the
0: actual parking lots. Question number eighty-nine is the live experience at Subaru better than the other South Philly arenas? I said yes. It's more intimate. Uh, you said yes but uh citizens bank park when the phillies were good was like right up there mm-hmm. i agree man those were those were some fun times man that was the I railed, place to be i railed against lincoln
1: financial field i was i will never get a lincoln financial uh sponsorship for any of the crossing Broad podcast network uh podcasts I one, of, one of my one of my takes on it
0: one of my takes in a previous column was that lincoln financial field is the third best football atmosphere in pennsylvania Hinesfield Beaver, like Lincoln, the link is nothing compared to these big uh, college stadiums in the South too. Cause we have what we have like one organized cheer E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles or whatever, but otherwise it's just a bunch of drunks making noise. Right. I mean, it's nothing unique about it. Like it's, it's not like there's any, I don't know, coordination or organization or anything like that. Um, Number 90, will you bet money on the union or MLS this year? I said yes, and you said yes. Did you win money on the union this year, or did you lose money on the union?
1: I think the only bet I placed on the union was for them to win the MLS's back tournament. Um, And if I remember correctly, it was a DraftKings. There was like a super boost or something. It was something absolutely absurd. Like I got the union at, I think it might have been plus 1,000 odds. It might have been even higher with the the boost. And I was like, well, at least that way. You know, if they if they win it, it's like a double exciting thing. I thought about hedging against it and taking like LAFC, and then I went against that. So uh, I guess technically I lost, but uh, unlike Pete Rose, I do not bet on on my team.
0: The Fox Bet offered a couple of those bets where it's like plus. Maybe one twenty-five or plus two hundred for the Union to win one nothing, two nothing, or two to one, and those are good bets. Those hit a lot of times because they they didn't give up a lot of uh, a lot of goals. So I think I want some money on that. But otherwise, it's a crapshoot betting on the Union and, and MLS. Uh, number ninety-one. Does anybody give a shit about the League's Cup? I said I don't care, and you didn't have a response. That thing didn't happen. That got canceled. So apparently Um, nobody did care. Nobody cares. It's kind of depressing going through all these things that were canceled. Uh, Speaking of canceled, number 92, do you care about making an open cup run? Uh, You said no, the focus should be on MLS Cup. And I said, no, it's an entry level thing. Um, It's there, but I wouldn't prioritize it. And they got their first trophy. So whatever with the open cup, it ended up not being, not mattering, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, do, number 93 do we like the new unbalanced schedule you said no and I said no now this was a thing where what they were only they were going to play some teams twice and some teams three times
1: yeah but I I think there were wasn't it that there were two teams that they weren't going to, into playing at all yeah right there's might, teams on the west yeah.
0: right they weren't going to play like Houston at all I think
1: yeah your example was like how would you feel as a Sixers fan if you didn't get to see them play like the Lakers and yeah the Clippers or whatever. Yeah. Like what a, what a bummer it would be to, to not see that matchup.
0: Right. Well, and we didn't get to see a bunch of that because of the pandemic anyway, but I, I, right. Originally I didn't like that and I still don't like that. Um, number 94, who will be the second person added to the union's ring of honor? Um, I said, Ray Gaddis. You said, you said Brian Carroll question mark. You said, it'll be Ray Gaddis. Yeah.
1: Um, Number I did. Nine, I I did bring up Brian Carroll as well,
0: uh, but that it was like you thought he a, be Ray you thought he had a chance. Yeah, yeah. It Ron, was like if
1: if somebody were going to get it, would it be him?
0: Question number ninety-five. We asked what makes for a successful union season. I said, win two playoff games or finish with more points than last year. You said, win two playoff games or finish with more points than last year. Well, I mean, and they've you know. What what what's the do the extrapolation for how many points they would have finished with if they played a full season? Because what did they have this year? They had All right, so let's go thirty-four. They had forty-seven points in twenty-three games. All right, so how many? Forty seven? Mm-hmm.
1: So in a their normal PPG season, that would have that would have turned out to be sixty-nine points. Well their PPG the was two
0: point oh four. So you just gotta do two point oh four times thirty thirty-four, right? Yeah. Two point oh four times thirty four. They would have had sixty nine point uh points. Yeah, yeah. I just said that. I just yep, wait, yep. Wait, wait. I'm just following up here. I'm just being the second level here, the fact checker, the checker. Um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, because last year they had fifty five points, so they would have yep. eclipsed their point total by fourteen. That that's insane when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah um 96 will the field be again torn to bits this season (laughs) yeah we both said yes but you know again it was funky with the pandemic where the the field made it through the winter without being beat up you know and then the union two season ended and so they got through yeah that's interesting they got through without it just being without it being beat the shit uh, number 97, will the union pick up any traction with four for four Philly sports fans? I said it's a long slog. You said it's going to be painful, but yes. So, yeah, this is an interesting question. Did like did you sense that this supporter shield, like, did Flyers fans and Sixers fans and Eagles fans seem to give a shit about that? Or did they just not understand what it was?
1: Uh, I think for hockey fans it made sense because the NHL awards the president's trophy given to the team with the best record in the regular season. So right, right. Uh, there's like a, a closer direct parallel. Um, I don't know what, the, you know, it's interesting. I guess it comes down to like, what's the real crossover between union fans and, and Sixers or Flyers fans. You know, I don't think that a lot of people understood why there's a regular season hardware given out. Um, Anthony and I argued about this on snow, the goalie all the time because he hates soccer, but he doesn't understand why there are all these different tournaments. And I was like, well, I mean, You can't rail if you're not railing against hockey for giving a trophy, then you shouldn't rail against MLS for giving one. Mm -hmm. Also, if it weren't for the American construct of having to have a postseason tournament, the union would have finished with the domestic trophy as uh, you know it would have been given out anywhere in Europe, right? You know, so that's that's where it's at. It's just because we're America, we have to have a postseason tournament, so yeah. Well, that's always they always keep moving the goalposts. Let me ask you this like, if well, let me throw this to you. In the history of MLS, or even go back like the last 10 years, how often do you think the best team in the league wins
0: MLS Cup versus wins the supporter Shield? I mean, maybe only those Galaxy teams of, of 2011, 2012. Um, let me see what kind of points they had. The 2011 supporter Shield winner was the Galaxy with 67 and they won mm-hmm. the trophy then. 2012, they won it also. Um, they didn't win the Shield that year. Now in 2012, San Jose won the Shield, believe it or not. And then in 2014, the Galaxy won MLS Cup, but the Supporter Shield winner was Sounders by three points. So, yeah, it really doesn't happen that often. Even Seattle and Toronto of years past – uh, well, Toronto got there with sixty-nine. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't match up. There's the the double has been done, not not often, really not often at all. But I just think it's funny because I think like four for four, jabronis are always looking for the latest excuse. It's like, well, the union are uh, getting better. Oh well, they're not, you know, as good as England. Or well, they're our team. Well, we got to go down to Chester. Well, they finally won a first trophy. Well, it's, you know, it's a regular season, blah, blah. I mean, there's always like a fucking excuse for everything. You know, it's like people, you can, you can lead the horse to the water, but people are going to come up with an excuse not to drink it. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's on us just to like understand that like some people are just not going to be into whatever, you know? Um, well, that
1: hashtag was a question. Drink the water, Kevin. Hashtag freedom. Hashtag
0: liberty. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag don't live yeah. fear. Yeah. Hashtag- <laughs> <laughs> Uh you can get the horse you can lead the horse to water. You can get the horse to stick its tongue out, but you can't get the horse to channel its energy gene Simmons. <laughs> Thank you so right. much. Question number eight. Um oh, what oh. has to happen for the union to make inroads at that type of fan? And we said win. You just win. But and then they did win. And they were recognized for it. you know it's funny because I think like I think a lot of recognition for this team this year came from like the mainstream four for four media in town. Like guys like John Clark and Pat Gallon and Jeff Versky were all like talking about it and congrat- congratulating the team and stuff like that. So I think like it clicked for them, you know, like they yeah. appreciate that. Where I think it was just your typical mouth breather who was like, ah, "Whatever." Um, question number ninety nine was: If you could bring any media member in Philly to Chester to watch a union game, who would it be? I said Glenn Mac now. And <laughs> you said Angela Catani. Yep. Who is a um, <clears throat> Yankees fan from Rhode Island. Uh, question number. Oh, I see. Okay. You didn't start this call. The spreadsheet starts a question two. All right. Number 100. Will we see Jay Sugarman's helicopter at Subaru park this year? I said, yes. Um, and union Hulk reveals he's Mike missing. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I said, what did I say? I said, Union Hulk reveals he's Mike Missanelli and Balotelli gets out with a signed contract. And says he, he knows no other team but Philadelphia. <laughs> you, said, you said Union Hulk gets out of the helicopter and reveals that he's Jay Sugarman? The whole time. It was me, Austin! <laughs> All right. The final... Final question that we asked back in February was, does Jay Sugarman really, truly care about winning? I said, no, I don't think so. I think he does want to win, but he cares more about growing the investment. Well, guess what? He did both this year. Mm -hmm. So good on Jay Sugarman. You know, I mean... That was the thing. I think I think I would wrap it up by saying this. Not only did they invest in the academy and do things, quote-unquote, the right way and sell a couple academy guys to Europe, but they won while doing it. So it's not just play your kids and sell your kids. It's play your kids, win a fucking trophy, and then sell them. So I think that has to be the takeaway when you look at this union season, Was that not only did they, quote-unquote, do things the right way, but they also won, won while doing it. I will say that...
1: Um... Being there when the limited crowd got to celebrate the Supporters' Shield, uh, you know how like some owners want to, to revel in the moment of being a, a celebrity?
0: Mm-hmm. About how
1: like a lot of owners, they talk about how um, really rich people who own teams when they get together uh, with their other rich friends who don't own teams, it's kind of like a badge of honor that they, that they own something. Um, Sugarman's uh, entire demeanor that night to me kind of spoke to the realization that it's a dedicated fan base and he was being confronted with what it feels like even in a small capacity to be loved, to have a team that is loved, to have a team that is supported. And the fact that the, the reception he was met with that night was not booing. It wasn't even sarcastic booing. It wasn't like the Gary Bettman, you know, asking for people to boo him at the draft. It was a legitimate kind of relief. I think, on his part to hear him himself, to hear his name get cheered, to, to get positive response from the fans. And I think getting to experience that might end up leading this team to a, a point where you might start to see him shell out some of this money, that this isn't just going to go into the coffers. This isn't just going to go to continue to retool the academy. I, I, I don't know what the signing is going to be or the multiple signings are going to be, But I would be very surprised if a sizable chunk of the the money that the team acquired for Mark McKenzie and Brendan Aronson isn't reinvested right into the first team. And ultimately if they were to do that, isn't that what we had been hoping for this entire time is to see an infusion of capital mm-hmm. into the team that we get to watch down at Subaru?
0: Well, they can do all of it. That's a great thing. $15 million. You can buy a striker and a number 10 and put $5 million into the academy, $5 million into the training center, of, You know, adding to your scouting department or whatever. You got money to do it all. Yeah, that's the greatest thing. I mean, a lot of the question, one of the questions that we got the most this year on the podcast was, What do you do with the Brendan Aronson money? Well, now you got enough money to kind of do whatever the hell you want to do. So good for that, man. It was a great year. Good for Jay. Good for Jim, coach of the year. Good for Chris Albright, Ernst Tanner, Brendan Aronson, Mark McKenzie. You know, it is so union that they had their best year in the middle of a pandemic. And it's a bummer that people couldn't be down there in that full stadium because that place would have been rocking. I would have been absolutely shitfaced at the Larimer before and after the games. But, you know, in a way it's like, you'd just sort of take it, take it for what it's worth, you know, and they had a, as much success as they've ever had. And I think the impressive thing was that they did it under the circumstances that they faced themselves in, you know, having to go down to Kirkwood and practice down there, having to go to Orlando in the bubble playing without fans. And I think when you put all, put them in a vacuum like that, Take away the fans, take away the home field advantage, and whatnot. It's just, hey, are you a better team than the other than the other guys? And they were for for large parts of the season. Anyway, Russ, thank you for um, for compiling all that and uh, writing all that down and doing the legwork. I appreciate that. Um, we have two more things to do, and then we'll call it a you call it a year. Uh, we're going to do one final words that end in the letter A segment because it's a, a segment that the people love and demand, and they want to hear more of it. Um, and like I said, you know, we will retire this segment, if we can get a British person to do it with us. So maybe we'll ask Danny Higginbotham if he wants to be on the podcast. We'll do words that end uh, in the letter A with him. But today, Russ, I'm giving you – this is a special Italian uh, calcio version of the words that always end in letter A. Okay, So every answer is going to be something about Serie A. Okay? You ready? This is my favorite team to bet on. Uh, They score a lot of goals. Is it Atalanter? Yes, at atal- Atalanter is the uh, the first one. Okay, this one um they got relegated. Uh Javinka used to used to play there. It's only five letters and it starts with a P. Is that Parmer? Yes, yes, Parmer, a Parmer is the correct answer. My All favorite right, uh, uncle, my favorite uncle, of course, Parmer John. Parmer. <laughs> Okay, this is um <clears throat> he's he's my favorite center back, and I loved watching him play for Lazio, for uh, AC Milan, and for the Montreal Impact. Uh you've said his name a million times. I I'm blank. Oh, God. You really you really gonna draw a blank on this one. He coached Lahood at Miami FC. uh, uh first, Oh, oh no. Go first ahead. name what? first name Alessandro. It's Alessandro Nestor.
1: Nestor. Nestor. Why was Gattuso in my head? <laughs>
0: Gattuso. was my second favorite Italian player of all time. Okay, this, hey, is, yeah. um, this is where Giuseppe Rossi played for a long time and had success. Uh, or not for a long time, but he had success there. Um, starts with an F. Uh Fiorentiner. Fiorentina is correct. Okay, here's the last one. Um, uh, This was where Michael Bradley played before he went to Romer.
1: Oh, before he went to Romer?
0: Mm -hmm. What was the Italian team that he played for um, for a year and a half or two years? They're yellow uh, and blue. Yellow and blue. um, Their crosstown rival is Hellas.
1: Uh that's Verona. That's not who you're looking for. No, it's uh, it's yeah, you're on the right path. A team that he played it wasn't Verona.
0: It's Kiev Kievo. Kievo That's Veroner. an Oh, that's
1: not an it doesn't no, end the whole, A.
0: No, the full team is Kievo Verona is the name.
1: Oh, the name oh, the oh, oh. Okay, so I got half of it. <laughs> I was thinking like Kievo doesn't end an A. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Here's a bonus one. Uh, it rhymes with Verona, but it's my, what the famous song.
1: <laughs> I was thinking about the first word that popped into my head is, is how you were going to feel if the union started three center. Back. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's what we call a callback to earlier in this
0: episode. My
1: yes. Sharoner, my Sharoner. Yeah. My Sharoner.
0: All right. Well, that was another, uh, Another uh, award, my another critically acclaimed words that end in the letter A segment. Um, Listen, so I'm gonna do a brief. Let's just go over the year that it was. Always soccer in Philadelphia. So look, um, we were gonna do the live show in March. It got canceled. Uh, We kind of just doubled back and tried to put together some, uh, you know, feature podcasts in the meantime. But we did we did pretty well. I mean, we did like 24 or 25 episodes or something like that. Um, We did the charity. donation with the shirt sales, which is great. Um, And I want to do something like that next year. Um, I have a plan actually, Russ, my grand plan is I have a big sloping backyard in my new place in the suburbs. I would love to get a projector screen out here and we'll invite a bunch of always soccer listeners um, out to my place and we can watch a game. We can have a game watch party at my place. We'll do like a charity angle. Like everybody brings like a donation for something and we can do a big shebang at my house. It'll be like a post COVID party or something like that backyard bash about that um, i get phase two uh,
1: vaccinated so i'm very excited for that
0: oh great i uh, do you know where i can get phase one i'm looking for phase one right now oh, you're not a medical professional no i'm not are you um but listen we had some good guests on we had jim Curtin, we had dave leno russ was on with me we had a Moby Kugo. Um, I think we could do a bunch of good shows and I appreciate everybody for listening. I don't know what traffic, what listenership was like because we migrated the podcast to a new platform and the tracking data was kind of like fucked up. Did we ever figure out what was going on with that? Because it looked like our numbers yeah, we, were way down, but they definitely were not way down. No, um,
1: the switch to the, uh, the new platform was uh, a little bit of a mess. They don't track all of the, uh, the same mediums that uh, our previous host did. The numbers numbers went steadily up throughout the course of the season. So it stands to reason, as I like to write from time to time Mm -hmm. in uh, Sixers betting previews, that uh, the Philadelphia Union fan base who supports, as always, Soccer in Philadelphia will continue to do so each and every
0: episode. Well, we appreciate your support. We appreciate everybody listening to the podcast this year. It was a great year. Um, glad we could be active and give you guys something to listen to, uh, you know, during a fantastic season. And hopefully next season we'll get this uh, vaccine going and we'll have a full stadium and we'll be drinking some beers at the Larimer and it'd be good to see everybody's face again instead of over zoom. But, uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening this year. Russ, thank you uh, for joining the podcast as much as you did. I will, I will give the uh, last word to you. It was a nice season. It had a disappointing
1: end. But uh, I think there are a lot of good things that we can actually look for. And you know what? I know that the, the play uh, on words of this show is to be sunny. But let's be real here. It is always soccer in Philadelphia. And that's something we can all be proud of.
0: Amen. The end. And we will see you next year.